The poverty rate in California, the reason it's the highest in the country is cost of living. The number one drive of cost of living is housing. Housing. This is the issue. And unless we get serious about it, then this state will continue to lose its middle class and the dream will be limited to fewer and fewer people. Welcome to a emergency edition. Thank you. Uh, of Gimme Shelter, the California Housing Crisis Podcast. I am Matt Levin, data and housing journalist with Cal Matters, And I am Liam Dillon with the Los Angeles Times. And what's the emergency, Liam? Well, we have a brand new budget from new governor uh, Gavin Newsom, and I think uh, just uh, just a ton of stuff in there. So much that we couldn't wait a week. No, it is a late Friday afternoon. Um, I'd much rather be anywhere else. <laughs> Truly. I can't tell you how much I actually mean that than being in this blazing hot studio in my undershirt. (laughs) With me? With you. (laughs) But so much, there was so much housing news out of this two-hour Gavin Newsom TED Talk that we had to do this, that there was no choice for you, our loyal listeners. Absolutely. Um, And I think, you know, I'm not sure about you, um, but I was not expecting this sort of big uh, uh, proposal right off the bat. I thought we were going to see some, you know, some potential, some of the money that he had promised on homelessness where it seemed like he was more uh, sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, familiar with some of the the details on that and potentially a budget allocation or two Mm -hmm. to go along with his campaign promises, but not this sort of, I think, um, pretty robust uh, housing policy. You know, financially and from a policy perspective, that we ended up seeing. Yes, agreed. I I think we both expected there would be something, but we were, uh, you know, frankly unprepared for how much exactly there was actually going to be. So yeah. before we kind of get into the budget, um, let's let's just quickly thank our listeners. You know, at the end of our uh, last podcast last year, um, we asked uh, those of you that were fans of the podcast to tweet. Um, the institutional accounts of Cal Matters and the LA Times to say, "Hey, we like this. We find value in this." And the response was great. I yes. mean, it really, it really, really was. It was heartwarming. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate. Um, Can I all the say support? heartwarming without it sounding sarcastic? No. <laughs> it, it always sounds sarcastic when I say it. I mean that sincerely. It was. It was very gratifying. Anything to add? Well, I, no, I as I was saying before, you 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 ruminated on whether heartwarming was was sincere or not. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, yes, I'm 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 uh, continuing to be overwhelmed um, and appreciative and grateful for all the support that we're getting. This is a lot of fun, and, and I'm glad that's that 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 you you find value in it. Yes, and why we're here on a late Friday afternoon, which we did not schedule before, but happy to do so. Okay, let's let's do some scene setting to begin with. Give, give the people a glimpse of what the governor's budget was was like. When did you get there? So I got there, I got there. Uh, I think maybe 20 minutes before we were scheduled to start. Okay. Um, and this is very different. I mean, I'm used to, I've been here, this is, I guess, my third, well, uh, third budget season, if you will. I missed the kind of the beginning of 2016. Um, but I'm used to, you know, in kind of a cramped old um, conference room near in the governor's office or in the state capitol, uh, you know, looking for poster boards that Gary Brown was going to bring up mm-hmm. there. This was, you know, a, a broad auditorium, mm-hmm. uh, Secretary, of state, space. Secretary of State's building, much bigger uh, for this sort of thing, and uh, clearly a screen. I was actually hoping for one of those old school PowerPoints where, like, some of the numbers would come spinning onto the mm-hmm. screen. Typewriter like effect. Exactly, exactly. But we didn't that. It was just like very clearly this is going to be, you know, 
Newsom had a had a lapel mic as he was, and at some and towards the end began wandering around the stage. Yep. Um, and so this is very, you know, techie new generation leadershipy Ted Talk esque. Ex- absolutely, sort of presentation. Yes, very very different, and felt very less like a obligation. Yes. Um, which was, I think, a fair characterization of the Brown b- budget pressers, and more so of a, hey guys, look at all of this. Yep. Yep, yep. And it is easy. It is much easier to have that sort of mindset, I think, when you're in about your to In your very hand, first year. Not only in your first year, but about to hand out $21, million, billion, sorry, $21 billion worth of things because that's what the surplus was, which is just an extraordinary number. Yes. Uh, and, and when you have that kind of number, it's tough to get make people mad because yep. every, everyone's going to get something that they want. Yes. Um, and that's what happened, I think. And let's let's quickly talk about for those who are luckily not as familiar with the uh, state budget process as me and you are. Let let's talk about what what this step was and where it is in the context of the full budget process. So to be very clear, none of this stuff is actually happening tomorrow. Correct. All of these housing proposals, no, nothing is set in stone. Yes. So, um, what might, happens next? Right. It might seem might seem weird to you. Wait, wasn't Gavin Newsom just inaugurated? And like, yes. And so, why is he doing this right now? And so, the uh, under you know the state law, you have to do a budget by January tenth, right? And so that's why the budget came out uh, within days after his inauguration. Mm-hmm. That's the initial governor's proposal. There's a and then they begin having hearings and all these sorts of things. And then in May is sort of when sort of breast tax hits. Uh, Brass tax hit, uh, and that's when uh, the governor puts out a revision, revised revenue estimates, revised expenditures, etc., and that begins sort of a furious month of activity on this on the budget until by mid June when the budget has to be done. Yes, and and as part of the May revise, which is what it's yes known as, uh, that over twenty billion dollar surplus figure that that you mentioned that could come down or go up. Or go up, but more likely in this scenario, come down. Given what we've seen, some you know stock market, other sort of potentially shakier economic numbers than we've seen in the past. Yes, which would obviously shrink the pie for everything that Newsom says he wants to spend money on. Yes. Um, okay, that because there was a wave of excitement from Newsom's housing announcements on housing Twitter, which I just judge. <laughs> I use as too much a barometer of anything, but still. Yeah. Um, and I think just there will be plenty of wet blanket moments in this podcast, I'm sure. But just keep that in mind that, yes, this is important. Yes, this this is a this is a big deal. But there's a long way to go between here and June when you actually have a budget. Yes. Um, OK. When did you see the housing portion of Newsom's plan? So uh, you got, go ahead, make a little sound effect. Uh, oh, look at that! Can you hear that? Yeah, so take a, that, Radio Lab. There's, <laughs> there's this giant book, um, and this is not this is in the ordinary, you know, Brown and everyone. I mean, there's obviously a zillion topics, and so the budget go, goes on for all of it. And so there's um, two though big sections um, in here on. Uh, housing and, and homeless is separate out at uh, way longer than what I'd ever seen for Jerry Brown, in part because there's are much more proposals than Jerry Brown ever had. Uh, but I think it shows that there's, you know, a a, um, a commitment to try to attack this problem from a variety of different ways that that we haven't seen before, at least in recent memory. Yeah. Um, in the in the words of Anya Lawler, who uh, is a 
affordable housing advocate who I quoted in like my roundup of this. Um, basically, she said this this budget was unprecedented in many ways. Just the sheer amount of paper alone. Yes. Um, I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. If you had to sum up in just a couple sentences what what people should know about Newsom's housing proposals in his new budget, how would you sum that up? So there's a lot of new money um, and there's a lot of promises for uh, reform to this, uh, how much the state is involved in housing. I think it, it is certainly in a variety of ways and it, um, um, uh, the unprecedented incursion by the state into housing issues uh, that, uh, again, we haven't seen before. So I- explaining this to, um, you know, the using the old cliche like my mother, yeah. I'd say Newsom's trying to do some big things on housing. Yes. Not everything at this point, but a lot. Yeah. But a lot. This this is not the the campaign promises that he made were incredibly ambitious and this is him at least trying to deliver on some of those. Fair? Yeah, and I think um I think given the scope of what his promises were and we've talked a lot about the sort of promise to our goal or whatever he wants to call it of, of building three and a half million homes over uh, a seven year period um, that, you know, that requires some very ambitious policies to get you from A to B. Yeah. So we're, we're now going to get into the budget itself, uh, both the, the money and some of the policy tweaks that Liam mentioned. We're going to we're going to categorize this discussion kind of in, in three chunks. The, the first is going to be what's in the budget. Um, the second is going to be what policy changes in the budget, particularly when it comes to how cities get their money and meet their housing goals, we should be paying attention to. And the third is going to be what wasn't mentioned. What what are the possible policy changes that were not included for one reason or another? So let's, let's start with the money. Um, yeah. How so, much money are we talking about? But let's just start there. How much money are we talking about? So overall, uh, when we calculated it, uh, we got to about two point three. We got about we got to two point three billion dollars in new money for the coming year. Yeah, and that's huge. That's a lot. That's huge, and mm-hmm. some of that is one-time money, and some of that is ongoing. And right. The, By the, one time, we mean you get it once this year. Ongoing means this is in every budget uh, going forward, um, without having to specifically uh, say yes every single year. That's right, and there's. The reason that is important is because an ongoing revenue source, um, let's say affordable housing advocates can bank on that money being there year after year after year if that's what that money is devoted to. Right. At the same time, that, of course, is a higher, a, a greater fiscal obligation. Yes. Um, Newsom made a big point in his speech about, look at, yes, I'm proposing all this new funding, um, but the vast majority of it is one time, which helps for the for the future fiscal solvency of the state, that we're not obligated to spend this over and over and over again. Right. That being said, this this two billion dollar, over two billion dollar infusion is the biggest infusion into affordable housing and homelessness dollars in a governor's budget in recent memory. Yes. It's it is it is truly worth paying attention to, yeah. which is a huge understatement. Right. Um, so, what do you think of that money? What was your biggest uh, sort of chunk and most important chunk? Do you think? So we, we're not going to get into the money gets spread around in a lot of different ways. Right. Where it goes and how it actually um, gets spent uh, is important. And we'll be devoting future podcasts to a, a more specificity with, with all of this. Uh, to me, what stood out was $500 million in ongoing funding for the low-income housing tax credit, which is the lifeblood 
um, of financing for units built for low-income individuals. That it is the primary financing mechanism that the state has. It pairs with federal credits um, it, that developers use to build uh, homes and apartment buildings that are that are reserved for low-income folk. Um, f- and that's and that's also that's the only part of this that's ongoing and an ongoing expenditure. That's exactly right. And it and just to give a sense of the magnitude of the increase, it was eighty million. That's what currently is in there. It's now five hundred million. So it's a quintupling. And if if you remember, um, affordable housing advocates have been complaining, and Lightly. I don't mean that in a pejorative yeah, way, right. but have been complaining since the since the end of redevelopment. In 2011, that a billion dollars in affordable housing dollars disappeared overnight. Right? This mm-hmm. is a little different, um, but it's that's half. Yep, that's half. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what jumped out to me first as, wow, that's a in terms of the money, that's a lot of money on an ongoing basis to try to build more affordable units. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, uh, for me, um, I think I think you're totally right. Uh, for me, in terms of the money, what I thought was the most interesting and and different about what he is proposing is 700 million that would go to cities uh, to do whatever they want with. That's if they're doing well on housing and homelessness. And so he would the governor's office would define what that is, right? Meeting housing goals or helping to build emergency shelters for homeless folks or whatever. But if you do that to their liking, they have 700 million set aside for you which you'll get as a grant. You don't have to spend it on parks, you don't have to spend it on uh, transit, you don't have to spend it on pensions, although you could spend it on any of those things. You could also spend it on, you know, building a statue to Mayor Garcetti if you want in Los Angeles, yes. right? And so like this money unrestricted Restricted, unreserved uh, uh, cash, essentially, to local governments uh, is obviously what they want, right? And all you have to do is, you know, approve a lot of housing. Um, and so tying that money to, um, to, you know, free money to approving housing is something that's this carrot here that uh, we I have not, not seen before. Um, and I'm unaware of this sort of being around uh, as a general state policy, it's it's and, a it's a carrot without a string. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really good way of putting it. And um, I think that's a significant um, sort of upping of the ante by the state and saying, look, we understand that you know you may be reluctant to to um, support new housing for a variety of reasons, but if you do, um, there's some there's some real money in it for you. That's right. Um, and how much do you think? <laughs> so when when I when I was tipped off a little bit about what was going to be in the budget the general purpose money which is what we're talking about right. that left out at me right yeah, yeah. Uh, but then once i was actually there hearing newsom talk about our next topic right that made a lot more sense why exactly. they why they were giving this um gift yeah. <laughs> this yeah. very flexible and important gift to cities yes um and so what he talked next about was maybe taking something very important away from cities if they don't meet their housing goals. We're going to revamp our regional housing needs assessment process, and we're going to give HCD, community development, some more teeth. This is controversial, but no one should be surprised because I must have said it 350 times the last 10 years, or at least last two years. And that is, if you don't reach those goals, we're going to take HSB1 money from you. I'll repeat that. You don't reach the goals on housing. To me, transportation is housing. Housing is transportation. We have all this new SB1 money. You're not hitting your goals. I don't know why you get the money. 
So let's back up really quickly and talk about this, this sort of housing goal process the state has. So the state sets out for cities and counties and says over an eight-year period, you city and, and, or, and county need, need to have zoned enough land to allow for X number of new homes, right? And that process is, as we've noted many times, is flawed, uh, doesn't result in, in a lot of housing and, and results in a lot of sort of angst, right? And, and, and just real yeah. quickly, yeah. as just to give an example, it was our a, a, a result of the flawed nature of this process was our avocado of the year. Um, it was Beverly Hills having a affordable housing mandate of three units over an eight-year period. Right. Exactly. Yes. So that's the that's the poster child. Yeah. Almost, it's right? a classic example. Yeah. So as part of his Newsom's pitch was to totally revamp how that process works and and promise aligning it, of course, with you know the big no, uh, housing unit production number that we've talked about, um, and uh, allowing his basically his a, a, a housing agency to come up with a whole new way of doing it. Big deal, right? Those numbers are going to go way up um, for certainly in urban areas. They will, um, and so uh, that puts this sort of next thing: um, the fact that he's saying, you know, cities and counties, hey, you don't meet these goals. Um, we, the state, are going to take away some money from you, transportation and, funds. Yes, and not not well. Initially, at least, yes. not just transportation funds right. writ large. Transportation yeah. funds. The idea of tying transportation funds to housing has been an idea that's been out there yeah. for, for quite a, some time. Yeah. He actually said that he he had said this over and over and over again, so nobody should be surprised. Right. I was surprised. Totally. Um, what what exactly did he say that was the uh, shocking, semi-shocking twist on this? Yeah. So he specifically called out get, guest tax money. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, again, this is this this is a huge uh, the fight at the Capitol. It got a, a big gas tax increase the first time in a very long time, plus reaffirmed by voters last November. Uh, yeah. Prop six, right? Yeah. Um, and so this was a huge battle for years. Which cities yeah. went to war for. Cities went to war for. And here he is saying, uh, great. Um, now you don't build housing, uh, we're going to take some of that money back away from you. Um, yes. And not only don't build, don't build housing according to my vague, unspecified, but very high uh, new housing goals that I'm going to give you, right? Vague and unspecified yet, right? Yes. Vague and unspecified yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, vague and unspecified and therefore in some ways scarier. Yes. Um, yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, housing yeah. goals that we're planning to have, right? Yes. And uh, – now, now we should we should clarify. He was later pressed on this uh, by Katie Murphy at the uh, Mercury News, who asked, "Do you really mean SB one funds?" He was like, "Well, actually, just transportation money writ large." Um, so it may not may not be just SB one, but that certainly perked up a lot of people's ears when he said that, not just once but multiple times. It definitely drew the attention of cities. Yeah, definitely. Well, and and opposition from across the board. Yeah, um, League of Cities went said this was bad. Uh, Jim Bell, Senator Jim Bell, mm-hmm. a Democrat uh, from San Jose, who was the, the author the, of, of the, the gas, gas tax, tax increase, he said, "Please don't do this." And just to take yeah. a step back, the, mm-hmm. the the revenue that is uh, coming from the gas tax is supposed to go to road and infrastructure repair for cities. Yep. That that's that's why they want that money. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this is a big gnarly thorny stick. Absolutely. Just just to throw this out there from from what I've heard, I wouldn't expect a ton of movement on that particular part of Newsom's housing plan this year. I think that is a a longer process for them to undertake. And I, I don't think they have a budget trailer bill that would specifically have some of that language 
out there as as part of what they're planning to unveil right now. That that was not my impression either. Um, I think I think that and in fact I think the Telegraph like look we're going to redo these housing goals. Um, and, and they I, have to do that first. Have anyway. to do that first, and that that's not a process that is easy to do. Um, you know I think. Um, you know, we should keep in mind here that there's, there's, you know, we, we working in this political space talk about the some of the roadblocks the cities themselves may put up to to home building. But there's, we should emphasize, there's a lot to home building that cities have no control of. Exactly. You know, price of lumber. You know. Um, uh, construction labor, construction labor costs. Um, whether a developer can get financing, um, you know, because wh- the market's tight or whatever. Yeah. Like, like interest city- rates. Cities have little and little to nothing to do with a lot of the parts of the housing market, of course, right? Yeah. And so you have to figure out ways to um, hold, you know, sort of quote unquote bad actors accountable while while holding harmless those who don't who there might not be home building there for a variety of other reasons. So that process is not easy. Um, if it were, then the the housing goals process the state has had for 50 years wouldn't be so screwed up and flawed. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's going to take time in and of itself to, to deliver on. And I don't think you can, you know, I don't think you, you, you do your penalty until you figure out what the goal is. Yes. And not to mention the fact that uh, beyond a, a single large housing number, there are specific marks that cities are supposed to hit for lower income populations and different yes. types of lower income populations. Right. And Part of what determines whether they hit those numbers is how much state and federal low-income housing money developers can access. Local government has a very credible argument when they say, look, it's impossible for us to hit our low-income housing numbers because you don't give us enough money to do it. That's a, that's that, I mean, that's credible. That's so, a credible argument. So as he was talking about this and as he was outlining the need to revamp how the state determines um, housing production goals for cities and counties. The thing going through my head was, God, that's going to be a lot of a lot of work for HCD. Yeah, that there's going to be a huge onus on this agency to do very very important work in a relatively short period of time. And you know, to that point, um, you know, the governor has not said whether the current head of HCD is going to stay. Ben Metcalf, Metcalf, who's been on the podcast, right? He's not and not said whether uh, the. Um, uh, uh, the current head of the agency that's over HCD, which is the Business and Consumer Housing uh, Agency. Um, I, it's a weird acronym and sort of weird that housing is attached to those other departments as well. And so whether that person, Alexis Podesta, is going to stay. And so there's a lot, you know, he's referenced a homelessness czar. Where would that person fit in this sort of structure? Um, and so there's a lot of agency work and personnel work that you'd think you'd have to do even in advance of, you know, putting some goals together because he you going to want to have his person that he believes in to put this to, to put the system in place. Yeah, that 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 is going to be the the main underlying task that will determine a lot of the both political and policy success of his package is how they're actually going to go about revamping regional housing needs assessment. Yes. I mean, it, it's kind of like the skeleton underneath this all. Exactly. And again, we know that this is not easy to fix. It ain't easy. Because the process has been so bad for 50 years and added so many barnacles. I mean, there's a huge climate change element to the the housing goals um, as well. Mm -hmm. This was added a decade ago to try to incentivize development, um, you know, near, 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 near transit for, for climate change purposes. And that's, that's all wrapped up into this too, you know? Um, And so this is not, this is a a multi-pronged system that has, has uh, not worked in really any of its goals, 
and you know you can't really scrap it because then you don't have anything to you know to sort of build on. You have to pass brand new laws, and so this is you know again I think um, we should not understate here the magnitude of the challenge to set up a system that actually is actually functional. Um, I, this was a question I got on Twitter that I actually didn't know the the answer completely off the top of my head. I wonder if you do. This it would require legislative action for that to happen, correct? Or or could HCD um, do this on its own? I I would I would assume this would need legislative action. I think the safer bet is to say yes. Although there was a you know I don't know if you and we'll po- we'll clarify this. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk but to we're them. We're po- pointed to uh, the, you know there was a law review article that came out over the summer uh, from a professor at UC Davis who talked about using the authority that HCT was granted under uh, SB 828 of last year to basically do whatever this agency wanted with respect to revamping RENA. And so I think there's an argument to be made that not just with that piece of legislation, but some prior, I mean, Newsom calls out in uh, in his budget to other pieces of legislation that passed in recent years, one that was a fair housing uh, sort Mm -hmm. of addition to this, where you can make an argument probably that some authority you've already have a light or really screw around with with housing goals uh, in a way that maybe you weren't able to Five years ago, um, but I think again the safer bet is to is to pass new pass a new law. Yes, I I would think so. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've talked about the the, the new cash. We talked about um, these uh, carrots and sticks for cities. New carrots, new sticks. Big deal. Big yep. deal. Carrots. Big deal. Sticks. Let's talk about what was not at least explicitly in the governor's budget, um, and let's talk about some of the comments that he made about SB fifty. Uh, Senator Scott Wiener's bill um, to upzone around transit. Yeah, look, I, I haven't read the new iteration, to be quite honest with you. I said last year, and I'll stand by uh, that statement this year, the spirit of it. I appreciate it's changed the debate. It's an important debate. I read recently that Mayor of Los Angeles, uh, Mayor Garcetti, uh, is more amenable to this year's version than last year's version. I'm curious uh, what specific amendments were made that made him feel that way. I'm encouraged by that. And so we have to look at the local concerns, uh, obviously. Uh, we have to look at displacement concerns. That was part of last year's debate. Uh, and we have to look at the legitimacy of this concern. 470-plus cities, 58 counties, no two are the same. What means density around your transit corridor means something very different around someone's bus stop corridor in another part of the state. So it's hard and to 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 sort of break this down, and that's going to be the challenge for Scott, uh, but it's one I know he's up to, and I just applaud him for his leadership in this space, jump-starting the debate uh, around housing, and I know David Chu and others are leading on this, and I compliment them and congratulate them, and no one's been better than Tony Atkins on this topic as well. Yeah. So on that issue, he punted. Um, he, you know, he said, I like the idea behind it, which is something really every, I don't know anyone who doesn't say they don't like the idea behind it. Right. So I do. Well, they, uh, even, even the most, well, I'm going to back up on, I don't, we don't need to go into, go into that tangent. Um, <laughs> yes. but, well, so, here, let, let me just ask you this. Yeah. When he said he hasn't, he hadn't read it. I yeah. mean, I'm going to, I'm going to knock him on this. Yeah. When 827 came out. Right. He said he didn't, he hasn't read it, right. but he applauded the spirit of it. Right. 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 Um, SB 50's out. Yeah. He said he hadn't read it, yeah. but he applied, but he applauds the spirit of it. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I mean, strategic, strategic ignorance. And I don't, th- I'm not really being critical of that at this point. I mean, like, 
you know, I mean, there, this is something that I think Governor Brown did very, very well. Um, yes. Uh, in the sense that he wanted to see if a bill had legs before he put himself out there for it in some way, except for a few key select areas, right? And so I, I don't see this on this tact on that bill being uh, by Newsom being really any different than that. Um, and and so to say you haven't read it though, I, I, to, I, to use I, the exact same line that you used. But from I believe the... I believe that I believe he hasn't read it. <sighs> okay. For the record, Liam doesn't think that it's important for the governor to be familiar with the details of the most important housing bill that we'll see this session. But let's continue. What did he actually say about SP50 when you pressed when you pressed on it? Well, so it was what was weird, and I didn't necessarily think I was going to bring this up, but but he he uh, spontaneously mentioned the Wiener bill um, without being prompted, just to say yes, I know there are complicated discussions out there like this Wiener bill, and then I and then I and said, okay, well, do you like the bill? And that's when he sort of dissembled a bit and said, well, I don't I haven't read it. I don't know. Or this is complicated. Right. Um, and so he didn't did not take a stance. OK. It, anything else on that that particular part of this that you, you want to hit? Well, I think, you know, and I think it's the point that you've raised. Um, there was no and this is something that I've also tried to push on. And I think it's important for accountability purposes is, you know, he's put out this three and a half million dollars, mean, rather three and a half million unit goal uh, for home building. And every day that goes by, it's harder and harder to meet that goal. Right. Um, and he has not laid out a roadmap exactly from how you get from A to B, from how to get from, you know, zero to three point five million by twenty twenty five. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at some point um, there's going to have to be um, that accounting and. Uh, yes, it is. In some, it is certainly early to um, hold um, him accountable for that number. But given the audacity, as he's fond of saying, of that number, that num- that has that accounting is going to have to come sooner rather than later. I think. Um, I, I I agree, and I mean, there's there's inherently problems with trying to model out, you know, the effect of a increase in the low income housing tax credit. I agree. At, but but yeah. yes, I think some unit numbers would eventually be expected and helpful. Yep. Um, for just for practical purposes, too. Uh, the, the last thing I want to talk about quickly is um, tenant protections and rent control. You know, we, we have typically talked about a lot of the elements that were in this budget proposal in the context of a broader housing package that might be um, passed possibly this year that would that could include things like a reform to Costa Hawkins, which is the state law that limits rent control or just cause evictions or other forms of tenant protections. That was not mentioned at all. I'm not saying that a budget unveiling is the appropriate place for that, but I think it is worth saying it was not mentioned when things like upzoning, like Wiener's bill, were mentioned um, partly in response to questions, but ours, but also just partly out of the governor's own proclivities, right? right. right. And and to, to that point, um, it is interesting. You know, we've talked about uh, our and in the, in the previously expecting sort of another attempt at making doing a housing package in 2019. But he's almost in some ways taken the money off the table for that by saying this is the what the money that I want. Um, now no, money is no longer a part of the policy conversation, right? Um, uh, because he's, he's already put those cards on the table yeah. and saying he's going to he will give you that without any policy changes, really, um, aside from the ones he's proposing, right? Uh, or even perhaps exclusive of that, right? Um, and so, so it may be harder in some ways to put together a package uh, without that money carrot that um, that might, you know, be sweetened the deal for some people who might otherwise be reluctant to say. Yes. Yeah. And, and can you get can you give a specific example of where that could become politically problematic? 
Sure. So, and this is all hypothetical. This is, yes, and I'm glad you clarified that. I was going to say that as well. So, say there was um, some um, tenant protection, rank, some sort of soft rent control measure that would be agreed to by, say, tenant groups and, and low-income housing advocates uh, in exchange for a, a, some agreement with some uh, soft uh, upzoning measure in the, on the lines of Senator Wiener's bill, Boom. right? Yeah. Uh, if there was a billion dollars spread out to make everyone happy through that process, or even $100 million spread out to make everyone happy through that process, I think might grease the wheels. Um, and, and to begin, the $100 million wouldn't go in their pockets. It would go towards you know low-income <laughs> production or something, right? Yes. Um, and so that's now kind of off the table because you're saying everybody's going to get that money anyway, you know? Yes. Some of the leverage for some of these proposals uh, might be diluted. Well, and remember, again, this is how, I mean, Governor Brown got yes. a version of SB, you know, SB 35, which was a version of a much more aggressive um, proposal that he had had a year prior on um, uh, sort of a streamlining development approvals to local governments. Um, he got that uh, passed by leveraging the um, uh, low-income housing money yep. that, that he agreed to, to put forward. Yep. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out over the next few months without sounding like a cliche wrap up but I am I mean it'll be absolutely fascinating um to to see where we are in June. Yep. Um okay, uh we know that we did not get to a ton of very important stuff that was announced earlier this week. We will be having another podcast next week. We will get to some of those topics um as well as hopefully have some guests to, to discuss those topics and some of the things we talked about uh today. Um yeah. Uh, anything else, Liam? No, that's it. Uh, again, I am Liam Dillon. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Liam. Thanks and, for listening. And I'm Matt Levin. You can find me on Twitter at M Levin Reports. Thanks again for listening.